and we have Chris. How are we going, Rod? Good, mate. Pumped to be on. And do you think your Broncos are going to go this year, mate? Uh, look, we'll, we'll scrape that eighth spot. Uh, obviously, A-Ray will, will be the deciding factor we lose him and uh, we'll be back down the bottom fighting with the cows. So, Okay, no worries. And Dano, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Good to get the invite back. So, Yeah, the Panthers, mate. How are they going to go this season? Oh, I don't see him going as back to back. I'd love to say that, but I reckon I can. I feel confident saying they'll be in top three. Yeah, still, still fingers crossed. So, I reckon we can still put a fight up, which is great. Yeah, they've lost a bit of depth, but they've still got the nucleus of that side and that spine. So, I think you know they they should be at least up there. How you going, Laurie? Good, mate. Yourself, Glenn? Yeah, good, mate. And uh, what about your bunnies, mate? How are they going to go? Quite confident again. I think I go right every year. They go really well. Adam Reynolds is a big hole to fill. Sad to see him go. And, and um, He's going to the Broncos, so I'll cheer for him as I was his junior league coach for many years from under 12s and the 19s. So. But it'd be strange he's not there in, in the red and green. But this lock, young Lockie Elias, he comes in with a great four-pack there already. Um, he'll have Cook and Walker and Latrell there. So it won't be too tough for him. He's got some talent. Wait to see what he's got. Probably. We've seen a glimpse of him last year, but the club hold high hopes of him. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. Any of the top teams, we just need a bit of luck with injuries. So, if you can keep that luck of injuries, you're at chance. Yeah, no worries, mate. I'd be interested to see when we get to the halves to talk a bit about Elias. And uh, yeah. Chris, how are you, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. I'm just glad that the footy has come around again. It's, uh, it's been getting a bit dull. So, we've actually got some footy on this weekend, which is Pretty amazing on Saturday night. We've got the Indigenous All-Stars game. There's actually going to be uh, probably three quarters of the shark spine on, on, on the go for the Indigenous side. So it'll be, be good to see how uh, Nico Hines and co um, gel together in that team. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good watch because Nico Hines is currently in my team. So pretty excited. Yeah, I like Hines. And so you're a Broncos supporter too, mate. And how do you think the Broncos are going to go? Mate, uh, yeah, I'm quietly confident. Uh, I'm not sure of the top eight, but I know we we won't go less than tenth, in my opinion, because I think we've we've had a lot of young talent for a long time, but just no one's been there to unlock it. And now we've got the key. We've got Adam Reynolds. So if he can do his job, then it, it'll unlock all of our talented players. So I'm uh, got high hopes for this season. All right, guys. So what what we're doing tonight is we're going to go through the hookers and we're going to go through the front rows. We're going to give you who the front rowers are and who the hookers are, bench players. And uh, obviously, we're not going to uh, dissect every single player because uh, so we're just going to dissect the ones that are super coach relevant. Before I do that, I'll just read out a couple of things. Will be my pick. <laughs> uh, so a bit of news today also, Johnny Raper. Um, so, you know, a lot of us fans who have been watching the game as long as I have, 55 years, you know, he's, he's a legend in the game. And so I just want to pass my condolences on to them and, all the rugby league people out there. Um, some news on Sean Bloor, who's been injured again. So that's a bit of sadness for us Tigers. And the last thing I wanted to cover is I, I wanted to quickly, before we discussed it, was tell our um, players out there some of the steps that I take before I select a player to what makes them super coach relevant to me. So I'll just read this and then we'll get onto the hookers and the front rows. So um, one thing I look for is the minutes on the field. So how many minutes a player is actually going to be on the field and the points per minute that they get whilst on the field, which is really important when we're selecting our players. Second one, obviously, is value. So we look at their money and their points per dollar. So, for example, a player that's, say, 400K that's scoring 60 points and a player's 750K scoring 10 or 15 points more, you're obviously going to pick the value pick. My third way of looking is I look at the buy rounds, guys, and I look to see who's playing those first buys 
And if I'm stuck between two players, then I'll, I'll sway to the one that's going to play in that first buy round. The, uh, the fourth one is obviously genuine gun. So sometimes there's a player that just stands out so much that I'll, I'll go to Cleary here. Um, he, if you've got Cleary starting in the comp, the distance between him at halfback and the next one down is just so big that you just literally got to jump on those kind of players. The two others that I have is, and this is a big one for me, is the club that they play for. And that depends on position. With a forward, I might be more inclined to go for a, a club that's not as high ceiling because they might defend more in the middle and therefore their base stats are a little bit higher. And obviously the last one is I look at their base stats, um, you know, depending again on position and uh, where they play. So we're gonna go into the uh, dogs first guys. And Dan, if you can um, tell us the dogs Hookers and front rowers, please. Yeah, mate. So I've got um down here. Um, I've got Jeremy Marshall King to start at number nine. I believe uh, Luke Thompson pretty much names himself at the front row. And I think Paul Vaughan jags the other spot. Gondai Odo will get the bench spot to back up JMK. I think um, they're going to ease Fatala Mariner in off the bench. So I think he'll be at one of the bench spots. And then I believe that uh, you get Corey Waddell and Sui Manifanai on the bench. And that's what um, I've got at the moment. I'm trying to think here, really relevant players. I don't think JMK is actually relevant. He has had a score above 70, I think, once. So I think, um, I think I'm going to skip over that. What I will say, though, is uh, if he does fail, they've got a great number nine in waiting there in Josh Cook. Based on price, sorry. And he is a gun. I've had a look at some of his highlights. He's like a slightly taller, uh, similar style to Damian Cook. That speed out dummy half, he's bloody tough. Dies over the line, and he's got three forwards on him, and he gets his levers out and still manages to get the ball down. He's um, and for his age as well, he's quite composed. He reminded me um of like a Matty Burton when Matty Burton first came on the field. He was like this rookie that no one's ever heard of, and he had this composure that was beyond his years. So I believe every, someone to watch out for is Josh Cook. The front row there, Luke Thompson. We saw what he did last year. I think he did a quite a good job there. Uh, I personally am going to stay away from him this year. Um, the dual position is pretty handy. However, I don't like that Paul Vaughan is uh, moved over to the dogs now. I think there's some minutes to be lost. I don't think Luke Thompson will like it very much because he loves that. He's a very uh, much of a footy head and he might want those extra minutes, but I think it's not up to him. Paul Vaughan is actually an interesting one. I believe he has had gun status in the past. Um, where he knows how to find a try line and this kind of faded away a little bit. Um, however, at 482, if he gets the minutes, he can actually come back up. It'd be a bit of good value there, I reckon. And with the bench that I have, there's actually not as many middle forwards on there as I thought there would be. So I think Vaughan might actually get a few more minutes. What do you, what do you think, Glenn? Oh, that's interesting. I think if they find out, mate, that a lot of us have got to remember that also Tavita Pangai Jr., although playing through the second row, is available in the front row. So I think that he's super coach relevant for sure. I um, With Vaughan and um, Thompson, I like both them as players. PPM for Vaughan's very good. Um, I'll be interested to see what others are thinking. Laurie, what do you think about those players? Any of those? Yeah, all, all three. They're, they're, they're anyone you would look at in the front row for, from the um, from the dogs. But, yeah, he's yeah, a drill. I think he'd be very popular. I think his percentage at the moment is pretty high in teams. That's Ted Defender Pengai Jr. Um, he's in my team at the moment because he gives that flexibility where with COVID injuries, I can bring him up, bring him down. And um, yes, he'd be 
he's top three picks for sure in uh, the front row this year. Uh, I wrote earlier about things to look for in your side. I'll post them up on the page later because one of the things I, I did add into that was dual player position. I think that yep. any player that's available at second row and plays uh, at front row, sorry, who plays in the second row, especially if playing 80 minutes, um, the one I really think that stands out for me is Tavita Pangai Jr. What about you, Chris? Chris Thompson is a really great player. Um, I think you, you wouldn't go wrong if you selected him in, in your front row. Unfortunately, there's a few other options that are probably a little bit cheaper that you could you could go with and really save some money there. So you could possibly even get a Cleary or a Thompson Travojevic into your side. So. Yeah, front row forwards, I think, is a position where I'm going to attempt to try and save some money and just run with some guys that I think have a, have a fairly high ceiling but uh, don't cost as much on the hip pocket. So Yeah, it's definitely one strategy I think a few coaches will adopt is trying to save money through the front row. You know, it's not a ceiling side uh, position really, so it's one that you can afford to uh, slack on if you really want to bolster mm -hmm. elsewhere. What about you, Brod? Anyway, in there that you see in the dogs you like that you'll start in your super coach team? Where's my favourite from last year? Hetherington, hey? <laughs> what a great pick that was. Um, but again, you know, it's TBJ. I talked down Luke Thompson last year. Uh, it'll be a wait and watch um, with Thompson and Bourne. But yeah, I'll, I'll be on TBJ as well. So Yeah, I definitely like to be a Tango Junior. And I think they're good words from uh, Dan on Bourne and Thompson. Anything else you wanted to add on the dogs? Dan? Yeah, just the one thing, because i got um, TPJ in my team as well. One thing, I, one little tactic I like to use is I like to have the security of base as well as have the option of ceiling. And right, right now, I've got Payne Haas with the base, and I have that option with TPJ as the ceiling. So I love having that combination. That way, if you just choose base, you're going to get average scores. If you just choose ceiling, you're going to get those bad scores. Having that combination right, and I reckon that's the best perfect front row, really. Maybe not to start with, um, if you can't afford and you want to boost up elsewhere. But definitely the, the end goal, I reckon, is to get that base and high ceiling at the same time. Yeah, that's actually excellent advice, Dan. I think that a lot of us look at the base, especially when we're talking around uh, forwards, and then it comes down to that ceiling. And I think the Bulldog side has improved a lot, this side, although the spine still looks a little sketchy. I think that those sides that struggle, though, tend to play a lot more in the forward. So those stats tend to lift a lot more in the forward position. Um, all right, so we're going to go to the cows and we're going to you now, Chris. The cows, I've actually got them coming last this season. So um, I'll, I'll kick it off with the hookers. So the first guy of note uh, that, that I'll kick off with is Reese Robson. Um, so in 2021, he averaged 54 across 24 games at 63 minutes per game. And he had a PPM of 0.86. Minutes were weird. Uh, they sort of went from 48 to 80. So yeah. So my verdict on him is uh, I sort of feel like uh, Robson could be anything if he wasn't coached by Peyton. He's an attacking hooker in the same mould as the Cheese. Uh, you know, if he was in a team like Manly, Broncos, Titans, he would just, he could be anything. So uh, unfortunately, um, he's he's got Granville on the bench and he's got Cotter that could move from from the bench to 13 to hooker. So his minutes are always going to be probably in and around 48 to 80 minutes, which is what he did last year. So I don't see a huge amount of upside there. They do have a, a relatively friendly opening draw, but um, I, I'd probably be going somewhere else for, for a hooker, me personally. And I think 474 is a bit too awkward to of a price to pay. Yeah. 
And what about easy. the front rows, mate? Um, I've actually got uh, I've got one more guy and hooker to go for. Oh, yeah. um, so we've got Ruben Cotter. Uh, so in 2021, he averaged about 48 across six games at 1.07 ppm. So minutes range from about 27 to 60 in those six games. So it's a bit all over the place. Again, Peyton. There's a fair bit of hype around him, which yeah. I don't really understand because it's a really small uh, sample size to go from. I guess if, if he were to get 60 plus minutes somehow, Although in order to do that, he would have to dethrone one of the best um, 13s of the last decade in town, Alolo. And I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, he's one of those guys where you just wait and see. I definitely wouldn't recommend starting with him and a Randall combination because uh, there's just, there's just nowhere to go. Like it's just, there's too much money to go up to a guy like Cook or Grant. And there's, there's really nothing around that. So my advice would be to, to watch him. See how he goes. Start with a grant or a cook, and if he if he is getting like you know, eighty minutes a game, you can always you can always go down and you, you know put that money elsewhere. So you've got you've got a couple of rounds to have a look at him. So you might as well. I'll go through the front rowers. Um, there isn't much, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a put a little uh, controversial one up there for you. He's not actually front row at the moment, but uh, Jason Tamalolo sure is at a good price at around four hundred eighty five. So in 2021, he averaged about 55 across 15 games at 59 minutes per game at about uh, 0.94 ppm, which is a bit down for him. And minutes were around 44 to 80. We still have faith in him. A lot of people in the, in the SC community have lost faith, which is understandable. But uh, last year, he did go, go through a really bad patch of injuries and injuries that really affected his ability to offload and to palm off defenders. So... I sort of understand why his uh, why his scores have gone down, but it's no fluke that he went seventy plus across three seasons. So just be aware that that is probably not going to go away, and it may come back at some point this year. So so don't sleep on him. And now with the new uh, Supercoach policy of they're going to be doing these mid season dual position additions. So if he starts in the front row and Cotter does end up at thirteen. Look out for Tamalolo to become a front row forward eligible. So he'll be a really good guy to have in the front row, especially if he can, you know, wind back time and get back to that form. And you won't want to miss out on him in the front row. Uh, especially with Lolo. I mean, uh, if Lolo goes to front row, that means Connor starts at 13. And a, and a 13 that's available at nine suddenly becomes very attractive at his price range. The rest of the guys really aren't SC relevant. You're going to have guys like Hassan, McLean and Burr. Burr used to be SC relevant, but yeah, he's probably not going to get the minutes. So yeah, that's pretty much the cows. All right. So I'll just quickly go around to the boys and just check that if anyone else has anything to say on the Cowboys. So Laurie, anything from the Cowboys spike of interest, mate? I did have uh, Lolo in my team beginning. He's out at the moment, but I'm definitely, he's on my watch list. I'll see how they're going to use him in the trial a bit. Um, Young Cotter, he looks like an exceptional young player. Yeah. Um, and he deters me from him is his time on the ground. He seems to um, get injured a fair bit, yeah. which the kind of players you're trying to avoid in Supercoach with the limited trades we have. This, yeah, yeah I think he's a, at the moment he's only 3% ownership last I looked. So if he does get that nail that start mission, he will skyrocket the ownership for sure. Okay. And what about you, Brad? Anything from the Cowboys that you're interested in the nine or the front row? Nothing about the Cowboys at all. Or am I interested in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'd be interesting, though, with uh, Cotter, if he does get that 13 spot, he'll become interesting for me just based on point, uh, 
value. I mean, you'll make money and revenues to you early. Um, what about you, Dano? Yeah, I think um, Lolo is definitely on the watch list. Um, he was one of those guys that uh, I guess I've been bitten. So I want to make sure I watch him first. Like you said, I get a few looks at him anyway, so it's good. Um, and with Ruben Cotter, um, I, I don't see me putting him in the hooker role if he does do 80. What I'll probably more than likely do is um, maybe upgrade or downgrade one of my reserve second rollers and throw him in there because he's a dual second role as well. So Cotter is also on the watch list. Yeah, I'll definitely be having a look at him. So the one plus I will give about Cowboys is that they do play the first buy round. So um, if you're looking for players, I think Lolo is one that uh, spikes interest for that reason as well. And, and I think he is under. He had a couple of injuries last season. But all right, Brod, it's up to you, mate. Broncos. Uh, so they're on Saturday at four o'clock. They're reserve grade team. So all the, the fringe players. So it'd be good to, good to see what combinations that uh, Kevy uses. Um, um, Turpin, I wouldn't wouldn't go through because he's going to be sharing minutes uh, with either Walters or Heatherington off the bench. Um, and he's attacking plays, just not there at all. Um, and with the front row, it's, you know, it's only Hass that I'd, I'd touch. Um, obviously, there's a lot of good young ones off the bench, um, but I'd want to see what minutes they're getting before I start jumping on them. I'll go to you, Dan. Anything on the Broncos that you like, mate, apart from Hass? No, um, not so much in the like besides, besides Hass, obviously, not so much in the front row. But I think um, I think the ARA effect might actually help some of the front rowers. Um, he's got that pretty good little sneaky ball out there, and he's very um, on point with his ball. So I do, um, I, I do. I know he's second row, but Carrigan as well. Um, there's potential that he could, be, I can get a go at front row and potential like Lolo maybe get moved up as well. But that's just all hearsay, I guess. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. What about you, Laurie? Anything from the Broncos that you like? Pass is a lock in most teams. Um, I do like Corey Pax. He's, I think he's Drew. I think he's hooker half. Um, I'll be watching this Saturday night. I think believe the Broncos play. I really like the pack this year for the um, Broncos. I actually like, I like them all over the park. I still think they're a little bit light in the spine part of their side. But, I, I mean, with Kate Ball coming, A-Ray into the side, uh, if Walters was to get that position, what I do like about him is the fact that he's dual player, you know, and so that you could have him at your uh, second 5-8 and through the buy rounds in the second buy when the Broncos play, move him up into that hooker position. So that is one option that people could look at, I, I, I suppose. All right, so we're going to move to the Tigers and um, sadly that's my club. And um, they used to be good ones, believe me. I know most of you young people haven't seen it, but I, I remember the days when they were. Um, so I went through first um, the hookers, which was Jacob Little, who um, he's at 480k. He averaged 54.9 last season from 20 matches. He averaged only 65 minutes, but um, I still don't like enough from the Tigers. The, the Tigers don't offer enough in attack for me um, in that. I, I just, I'm not a twice by either. The other one's Jake Simpkins at 322, averaged 36.8, and he played nine matches last season. But I do like Simpkins. If Simpkins was to get a starting position and played 80 minutes, I, I would be all over him. His um, point per minute is 0.86, and Littles, I, for some reason, haven't written down. But um, some of the stats around Simpkins I, I like, which was, he averages in super coach points, so 23.9 tackles a game, hit ups um, 
over eight meters, 3.8 meters, and tackle bus two. And you've got to remember that's in an average of only playing 36 minutes a game. So if he was to get more minutes, and if you were to get onto Supercoach stats and have a look at the um, scoring he did points per minute wise to the minutes he played on the field, his output was uh, actually really good. In the front row department, so I have this guy on my side, which I think many people will. He's owned at 24%. That's Stefano. Last season, he averaged 52 and he averaged only 45 minutes. He's got a starting role this season. And I think that his, his minutes on the field this season should lift quite considerably. His PPM is at 1.16, which I think is um, good. He's also, um, I won't go through all his stats here, but I'll put them up on our page later for people to read. But um, he's a workhorse and points per dollar, I think is really good value. I like Twal because he's dual player position. Um, he's not playing in the front row. He'll probably play at lock and he's only averaging 59 minutes on the field. One of the most interesting things about Twal and most of us that play Supercoach will know this, he's an absolute beast when it comes to work. I mean, his PPM is 0.92, and that's basically all in base. No offloads, no try assists, no line breaks, nothing. And uh, so if he was to get a couple of those into his um, stats, he would make money really quickly and, and score well for you. And the only other one that I've mentioned here, which is Joe Offengauer. So they're not a very super coach-friendly side, so I'll just go around and see if anyone else sees anything they like there, and then we'll move on. Rod, anything from the Tigers you'd touch, mate? Uh, the same as you. I like Simpkins if he went and started. Um, I was, you know, I thought he'd get the starting gig last year and just never never got there. And then, yeah, Stefano's in my team for sure. So just an absolute beast. Yeah. Him and Huss, that's my team. Yeah, I've got TPJ and Stefano at the moment. I actually don't have Huss, but um, I'm quite stacked in the second row position. But, you know, that... that could be revisited. What about you, Dan? Anything from the Tigers you touch for Supercoach, mate? Yeah, I do, I do like um, Stefano. I've got him in my team as well. Um, but yeah, I think the um, one that people like, Little is actually very um, injury prone. So I don't, I never want to wish anything upon anyone, obviously. But if he does go down, Simpkins gets a lot of minutes and he's um, definitely under the radar. So something to watch out for, for sure. Yeah, if Simpkins gets the minutes, I'll be all over Simpkins. He, he's got a lot of <coughs> super coach. He's very super coach friendly. What about you, Laurie? Anything from the Tigers you like, mate? No, uh, pretty much same with you guys as well. Um, Stefano is in my team as well. Um, he picks himself 457k. It's a no brainer. Um, yeah, Simpkins, I remember last year I was watching him in his highlights in the Queensland Cup, and I initially away, he's a great talent. Um, he just uh, he's minutes. He's, he's only 20, I believe, 20, 20 years of age. So, another pre season on his belt. If he gets opportunity and he's number nine, yeah, definitely one to watch. But if he, I'd rather have him if there's no Liddell on the bench. But, um, but yeah, we'll definitely more watch card for sure. Okay, nice. And what about you, Chris? Anyone from the Tigers you've got in your side, mate? No, uh, unfortunately, I've got zero Tigers in my side. I don't even have uh, Stefano at the moment. So, I've, I found a, a couple of other front rowers that I like a bit more. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for me on the Tigers. All right, guys. So we'll move on to the next side, which is uh, it's Dragons. And that's you, Laurie. Front row and hookers. Okay, front row I have as a starting for round one. I think Aaron Woods will be one of the front rowers. He's at, what, 393K. Um, his average last year was 44.8. He averages well, about now. He's going at 50 minutes a game at the moment. Maybe a bit less now. Um 
The other prop will have Blake Laurie. He's at 418K. He, he plays around the 50-minute mark. And the hookers, uh, Andrew McCulloch, he's always around the 70, 75 minutes. Um, some games he plays 80 a fair few as well. Um, his average last year was 51.4. Um, as for the bench, I think Moses Mobile actually covers McCulloch if he goes down. Yes. Francis Marlow, he's 357K. He averaged 40.1 last year, which is down from his previous year, was 48.6. Uh, I think George Burgess, if he gets through the trials or right now, he, he could be some value at 247K. I know it's a lot of coaches of Neil Avaro. I think he's played the Eels. He's still there. Um, but Ivan hasn't played his best football for a couple of seasons now. Um, so he'd have to really turn it around. So, he, yeah. But he's only 293K for anybody that's wishing to take a punt on him. But that's about it, I think. Yeah, there's, I, I don't have a lot of love for anyone from the Dragons in any position, yeah. to be fair. But um, yeah. the three three that you did mention, so one was George Burgess. I know that he's in a lot of sides. A lot of people have got them as their backup um, uh, front rower. So I'd be interested to see what sort of minutes people are expecting him to play. Andrew McCulloch has been a super coach um, staple in some sides for years, but he just yeah. doesn't have that same uh, output that he had years ago when base was more important and ceiling seems to have come more into the game. So we're looking for those sort of upside hookers for me. So I'll, I'll go to you, Brad. Is there anyone from the Dragons that you're touching in Supercoach this season, mate? Uh, none of those positions. And what about you, Dan? Anyone from the Dragons that you see in front row or hooker that you're interested in for this season? Uh, no, not really. I, w- I don't think I'll be jumping on any of them for Classic. However, I think there's a bit of value there in uh, draft. We might get a couple of late picks there. There could be like McCulloch, for example, because yep. hooker is a bit of a tight position to um, fill. Um, yeah, I reckon you can get him pretty late, reasonably late. And actually, um, yeah, he'll be one lead down. He will tackle all game and probably get your 40, 45, 50 points a game. So, but yeah, definitely not for Classic. Yeah, it's not for classic for me. Then what about you, Chris? Anything from the Dragons in nine or yeah, maybe George Burgess if he if he cracks it into or uh, into that that bench role for, and uh, maybe gets about thirty minutes a game could be worth a little bit extra. But um, yeah, I'm just going to wait till TLT to see if someone better comes up. Yeah, well, hopefully that's right. He's, I think he's a placeholder for a lot of players and a lot of teams and just okay. All right, so sticking with the policy of forward, we're up to the Raiders, Dan. I know how much you love talking about this club after our discussion earlier. <laughs> yeah, not only was it a real pain in the butt, but um, it was also I got the 91 grand final and stuff. So I got some hatred to the Raiders. Just so, I live in Canberra, so this is quite awkward. Um, so at, at nine, this might start a bit of controversy, but I think they're going to start with Starling. Um, I think uh, with Hodgson buggering off uh, next year, I think that uh, Starling is their future, and I think he's a, a gun. Um, yeah. I don't think he has the minutes at the start of the season just yet, um, but if he gets a lot of good minutes, I think um, Starling at 343,000 is definitely a watch. If he, if he starts getting more minutes, keep an eye on that and grab him because we've seen what he can do. Um, I'll definitely be looking at that. Um, the front row, I really don't. Like, there's a lot of uh, super coach friendly plays I've discovered in the front row. However, there's not enough minutes to go around. There's too many good players. So I got Papali and Tarpany in the front row. Um, I think Papali is the only one that's a definite. I think we're going to have a fight out between, say, Tarpany, we've got Gula, and we've got Horsburgh as well. 
um, and potentially where whoever plays lock, there might be Sutton in there as well. So there's so much congestion. I've got Tarpany in at the moment. I reckon they'll give him the go to start the season. Um, and then, yeah, so I just, I don't think I want any of any of this at all. I think there's just too many players fighting for minutes. And you know what Ricky was like last year? Um, and he was just cutting and chopping and happy to drop Papali even, which is their leader in the forward pack. So, yeah, personally, I'll be staying away. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I, look, as you rightly point out, there's too many mouths to feed in that Raiders pack. And until we know the rotation, and I mean, they're talking about uh, Young on one edge playing 80, but I'm not even convinced that happens when they've got others, um, you know, looming around in that position. So, um, but the one I do like, as you mentioned, was Starling. I think he's got a very super coach friendly game. And I really like that Raiders pack. It's a big, strong mobile pack. I like Fogarty at, in the halves there. And I think that um, that could see a lot more points going, you know, through the middle off someone like a Starling. So, yeah, I agree with you, mate. If Starling gets the minutes or a starting position, I would be all over that myself. Uh, what about you, Brian? Anything in the Raiders that you like to start this season in to the coach? Uh, like what's been mentioned before, we don't hope for injuries, but a couple of injuries uh, to that pack and, and then we come some relevant players with minutes. Um, but again, yeah, just way too many, way too many players and the hookers I'm not looking at. So unfortunately, again, Leave in camera, but I hate him as well. So, <laughs> Chris, anything in the Raiders you like in the nine or the front row for your Supercoach side? Yeah, just going to keep a constant eye on Starling and seeing whether um, Old Hodgson gets gets a mid-season trade to to the Knights or someone like that. And if that happens, he'll, he'll become very relevant because he is a quite a good PPM player and, a, and he's an attacking hooker. So, um, put a lot of speed. So, keep an eye out for him. You know, I just think they've got better with Starling and, you know, some of those backs there. That What about you, uh, Laurie? Anything in that Raiders uh, nine or front row that you would have in your Supercoach side? Yeah, not for round one, no. We're going to move on to the Roosters, and that's you, Chris. Now, this side is a little prettier. Probably not in this, these positions. They are quite the, quite the team. They're, they're my uh, pick for the minor premiership. So I'll just run through the hookers to start us off with. Um there's a couple. Uh, the first one's Connor Watson, who we, we got a taste of last year, who got, got to play some consistent minutes over a full season finally. Um, so he was only playing relatively in the 13, 14 roles. Uh, so in, 21, uh, in 2021, he played across uh, 24 games for 59 minutes a game, averaging a one PPM uh, uh, at about 59 points per game. So there's some more relevant information I had to sort of dig up, which is back in 2019 when when the last time he actually started at hooker. Uh, he had seven, seven games for average of about 73 points per game, uh, and all of those games were 80-minute uh, games. So um, there, if, if something happens with the hookers at the Roosters, as it often does, um, he, he could become quite a good player for us. Uh, but hopefully he uh, sort of sits on the bench for a while and just rots away a little bit until his price gets around 250k and then we can grab him when, once he becomes relevant in the starting nine. But yeah, until then, I wouldn't recommend it as you can use an extra 60k to go to Damian Cook. So, you know, there's no point. He's just going to be a bench player until until something something happens there with the injuries. Let's go to the front row forwards with Lindsay Collins. He played six games last, last season, did his ACL, unfortunately. Uh, also on the field, his minutes were a bit all over the place, as uh, Robbo tends to do with his forwards. Uh, 
He played 62 minutes in the first game, 51 minutes, then 42 minutes, 44 and 41, and 37 across those games, which is a bit worrying for me, to be honest, uh, considering all the hype around him. Uh, although he did manage to get about a 1.27 ppm, so that's a you know a little something. He is a bit of a worker, and he work and he plays in a attacking juggernaut of a team with Tedesco, and he's probably likely to get get onto a few short balls and go over the line and get a few offloads away for a try. Um, so yeah, don't don't sleep on him. He's you know he's at a he's at a price around 460k. So um, you might be a guy to go with. Um, and plus, uh, you never know. With they've got a couple of old forwards in that pack that have been running for quite some quite a few years. Uh, so he may get uh, 60, 60 minutes across the board. So you never know. Uh, other than him, it's just basically uh, JWH, TKO, and a Tony. Um, they're probably like 50. 50 average guys, uh, Tony, he's a bit of a plotter. Um, so other than that, there's really not much going on at the Roosters. Not much excitement in Hooker in front row, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't see a lot of value in the Roosters in the front row or Hooker position. So I'll go around quickly and check with everyone, but we'll try and move through these clubs that have got nothing super coach relevant, I think. The only one there is Watson, and I think he'll play a utility role. His, his talent is his own undoing, really. He'll probably start at nine. So if you've got him, don't get trapped by him starting at nine. That'll be a very short time roll. Um, uh, Laurie, you think anything from nine or front row you'd be looking at for the Roosters? Yeah, no, not for round one. Uh, Watson's a watch to see what his role is. No one really knows. Um, there's some, I'm seeing some teams, they like Collins, but not for me. Um, but yeah, there'll be no Roosters and no positions in my team. I'm actually glad you mentioned Collins and I don't know why he slipped my memory. So I had Collins last season. I actually really do like Collins. The only reason that I'm not touching Collins this season, he's at a really good price at around 400 ish K and his work rate is incredible. My, my fear is that he's coming back from an injury. I'm not sure if it was an ACL, was it? It was a fair yeah. an injury big enough to take him out for the season. Um, I, and I, what I like was the coach said last season that he was going to play him up into 60, 65 minutes. So if Collins does get a role that includes minutes of 60 or plus, I would seriously revisit the thought process on him based on points per dollar. Right, anyone that you see in the Roosters in nine or front row that you would start, mate? Uh, just again, obviously, we talked about last season. I jumped on Collins as well. You know, if he stays injury-free and does get those minutes, I'll be on him. But, yeah, he'll be the only front row or hooker that I look at in the Roosters. Dan? Yeah, like you, I started with Collins last year and I really like what I saw from him. Uh, I think he had a really uh, super coach friendly game. But yeah, like you said, the issue is the minutes. If their minutes do start creeping up, but um, I wouldn't even trust them either because they do often fluctuate. Um, and definitely, um, yeah, Watson, I love Watson. I just be a bit nervous about um, yeah, what, how many minutes he's going to get. I think he's, a, he's got one of the best super coach friendly games out there and I just don't. Yeah, I'm going to stay away, wait and see for sure. And the other fear with um, Watson for me is that they're like on their edges, they've got Stilly Tupanura and they've got Angus, who are both 80 minute second rowers, which means that that rotation is going to go through that middle. We know Victor Radley plays through the middle, Verrills plays at nine. So, Jay, you know, we know the positions there. And so he, he can only but rotate through that um, middle somewhere, possibly through lock and nine. So Watson will be one we'll keep an eye on for minutes. All right, so moving to the next club, guys, which is the Sharks, which is you, Brod. Sharks have a couple of uh, players that I like. So obviously, uh, 
I've liked McInnes ever since he got signed there. So after he had his couple of games at the 13 and was rotating around, you could see what he could do. So um, getting a second rower um, that you know could potentially play 70-plus minutes um, in hooker. Um, he's my hooker at the moment. Obviously, we'll watch and wait for the trials to see how that all goes out. Um, and, yeah, Braley, Braley, I think, will play, you know, in, in the hooker and, and get 55, and McInnes will do the rest. Um, so McInnes is the only one at hooker. And then front row, I think Bray and Ueli will start. Um, and 308K is, is nicely priced. Um, but the worry is that Woods and Tolman are on the bench and they'll take his minutes away. Um, and their other front rower, I think, will be Finucane. Um, but at the moment, you can only get him in second row. And I don't think he's a super coach worthy player anyway. So, but Brayden uh, will be the one that I'll be watching with the trials to see how many minutes he does get, um, especially at that price. Yeah, I, I like the Sharks um, with um, McInnes myself. I'm, I'm still a bit worried on... I, I, I think McInnes will start at 13 and like you just said, he'll move into that nine position and Braley will come off. That I'm not sure of. It'll be interesting to watch how that unfolds in the trial. He's seen in and out of my side. I've actually had him at second row because I have Grant at nine and Randall, but I, I, I do like him, especially at his price point. He's definitely unders. Um, you know, that's my only fear is, again, coming back from stuff. Um, what about you, Chris? Anything from the Sharks you like? Yeah, just to, I heard an uh, interview with um, with their coach. So he's basically saying he's going to ease McGuinness back in over the first five or six rounds. So I would not be going near him uh, at all. So, um, yeah, just a word of warning. And also, uh, Jaden Beryl. He's a, he's a really good young kid. Uh Really, just powerful young hooker, a lot of speed, uh, can barrel over over the line and get tries. So, if if something were to happen to to their starting hooker, look out for this kid. Yeah, well, interesting. One of the first things I do when Teamless Tuesday comes out is everybody flies through to see who the starting lineup is. I go straight to the bench because and before I even look at what's on the field, I want to know what's on the bench so that I know how the field's going to rotate and look. So it's interesting. There's some young, exciting players coming up. There's also that from Pelé. I, I, yeah. I've read a bit about him. He's um, cheapy that could possibly get some minutes. So keep your eye on for him. He's official, uh, available Sorry, in the front row. So um, Franklin Pelé, I think that's how you say it. Is that right? As, um, yeah, what about you, Dan? Sharks? Yeah, um, I'll be watching McInnes. I did, I think... Uh, End of last year, I was always all over him because I had him the year before. It was amazing. But yeah, I think there's too many unanswered questions just now about him. So I'll be waiting and seeing again. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be looking at who gets those bench spots. I think that there could be a nice little cheapie, like you said, with Pele there. I'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, there's a lot of cheapies around other teams around that similar price. Yeah. Um, so I'll try to see and watch which one I reckon is going to get the most minutes. It's interesting. The ones we've got coming up, there'll be a lot more super coach friendly stuff we're about to talk about. We'll get through one more side and that's the Knights, Brod, if you can quickly go over them and then we'll start moving to some of these more exciting sides. What do you mean? You know, Knights have got Randall. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, well, that's right. Who's going to be in, you know? Yeah. I predict he'll be in 80% of the teams. Um, at that price, we've all seen what he can do. I think he came out the first game. 
got the most tackles ever by a, a rookie, 60 yeah. odd tackles in the match. Um, and it's got a very, very good super coach friendly game. Um, I mean, I think he started hook the last round uh, last year and got 87 points against the Bronx. Um, so, someone that I think is a must have. Um, and then the other ones, Kurt Mann playing Wilbur at all. Um, the word is that he's going to be, they're looking at putting him into the lock role. Um, and obviously, maybe might take some minutes um, to give Randall a rest, but not super coach worthy. Um, and then you've probably got the Safedi brothers. Um, so they're, they're both there. Um, are you going to spend that money on, on one of those in a team that's not showing much? Probably not. So, and then I think the bench will take a fair bit of minutes with Clemmer and, and Co on there. So, I like the Saifidi boys. In my opinion, Daniel Saifidi is probably one of the best props in the game. Doesn't quite translate to super coach, but um, he, he, did, he has had some big scores in super coach. Jacob Saifidi, what was his price? Did you have that written down, Ron? Uh, I think it was around the 480 mark. So Jacob's around 406k. Right. Okay, thank you, Chris. All right, so I'll just quickly go around then. So now you've said something, Chris. So anything you like in that? Um, obviously, yeah, we're all going Randall. Anyone else you like uh, from nine or in the front row for the night? Yeah, obviously Randall's in my team. Um, in relation to front row forwards, uh, I had I've had sort of been playing around with a team with uh, Jacob Saifidi in it. Um, I've gone against that now as I, I, I felt like Jai Arrow could be a better player. So uh, playing on 80 minutes on an edge possibly. So I've gone, I've basically gone against that. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for Jacob Saifidi. If he plays like between, you know, 50 and 60 minutes, he, he's a bit, bit of a PPM monster. So he was actually rated better than his brother while they were growing up. It was just when they got into the, you know, when they got into the fir first grade is when Daniel started to... Um, started to dominate up there. And unfortunately, with a few injuries, uh, Jacob hasn't gotten much of a go. So um, look out for him. He'll, he could be something this year. What about you, Laurie? Just the same as everybody else. Randall is in my team. Um, he's the only knight in my team. Um, yeah, the Safedi brothers, yeah, they're both they're very talented. But they won't be my round one team at the moment unless they do something great in the trials that grabs me. But yeah, just Randall at the moment for me. All right, we'll move on to the Eels, and that's you again, Dan, if you can read out the Eels, and there's a few things in there I don't mind myself. Yeah, no, I really like the Eels forward pack this year, so um, I'll start with Hooker. Um, obviously, Reed Mahoney there, I think, um, or sorry, Reed Marnie, I think it's pronounced. Um, really like Marnie. Um, currently, he's in my team. I've been cutting and swapping it back and forth between Grant, Cook, and Marnie. I think I'm definitely picking one of those guys. I'm just, whether I can hold the pin and... Um, and bench Grant or take the points in the first game. So I think he's at 594, 600, which, yeah, I think he's priced about that. Um, a little bit lower for the draw he's got at the start of the season. The first eight rounds are really good. So I think um, I'm leaning towards starting him just because of that attacking stats that he can pull up against those teams he's playing against. Um, in the front row, we've got uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Uh, I just think he's a very much a meat and potatoes kind of guy. I think he's priced at what he can do when he's not going to be going up or down. Um, and I got Junior Paulo there. So he's a bit of a meat and potato cross with rocks and diamonds, I think. Uh, last year, he started off really, really good and then just dropped off. 
Um, he's at 487. So I, I'm going to stay away. I'm a bit nervous about how he was last year. Um, and I won't forget the big one here is Isaiah uh, Papali'i. Um, I think we can't forget Papali'i. He's um, 688 at the moment, which is quite expensive. I will be leaving him out. I think there's going to be a drop um, in minutes with him as well. I think they'll play, start him on the second row and they'll move him to the middle and they'll drop him for a few, few less minutes. Um, if anyone started with him, I probably wouldn't begrudge you at all. I guess he's got that uh, strong team, but I would actually judge the rest of your team because of the extra money you spend in the front row there. Um, and obviously being a jewel is pretty handy as well, but yeah, it's just a bit too much money for me. I'll address a couple of things first. So the Eels just signed Mitch Rain. I don't know what that means, but I also read a post today saying that Mahoney won't be playing 80 minutes. That hasn't been confirmed. It's just, you know, one of those super coach whispers we hear. But if Rain was to be on that bench with Reed Mahoney, that would make me afraid of him straight away. Reed's one I've actually been looking at myself. Uh, I've been switching between him and, and Grant and Brandon Smith. But Reed's the one I really like based on draw. I really love that forward pack. And I really like, if anyone remembers last season, Junior Paulo and Reed Mahoney just combined so many times at the start of the season and um, scored some really, it got some coaches off to a really nice flying start. And on IPAP, uh, I bought him last season at 4.42 in the second row. I mean, he's a second rower. If he was to play 80 minutes at second row on that left edge available in front row, he's definitely worth it um, down the track. He's not one that I'd be looking at now based on points per dollar. You know, that's sometimes players you need to earn. And uh, at the start, we need to build our revenue up towards that kind of player. Um, what about you, Brod? Anyone from the Eels you like? Yeah, again, uh, Mahoney, yeah, he's, he's been my team in and out. Um, yeah, so, but, you know, if that's, if that's the word that he won't be playing 80, um, I'm sure we'll cover off Cook and, and Co as well, but, you know, there's not a lot of hookers that look like they're going to play 80 this year, so yeah. it's uh, which one do you, do you trust the most, so... And yeah, front row. If Papali gets a second row gig, um, I'll probably look at him in that front row spot, but not unless he's playing some big minutes. Yeah. And, and what about you, uh, Laurie? Anyone from the Parramatta side that you're starting in your super coach side? Yeah, but not in those positions. Um, Marnie, obviously, is, yeah, he's, he's a great young hooker. Um, makes you wonder if, if they sign another hooker, makes you wonder if his shoulder's no good or they're worried about his shoulder. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be starting in the, in the front rows. I think it's Gillard, is it Kevin Gillard and Paulo as the front rows? And um, Sean Lane might come on as a prop as well. He might play a bit of prop and back row, back and forwards. But yeah, I don't think I'll be starting any Eels players in the hooker or front row. Yeah, they've got a big pack, but until we know the yeah. rotations again, we don't really know, do we? No, question, big question marks here the, the Eels, but definitely talent forward pack. Yeah, and Chris, anyone from the front row or hooker position from the ELSU starting, mate? Yeah, I was considering um, Reed Marnie, but um, I think I'm probably going to go with Damien Cook in that position at the current time. But um, yeah, some interesting interesting players in the front row. Uh, Paulo's in my never again list, um, so I won't be going there. Uh, and then you've got, uh, obviously, High Pap, he's probably a little bit over for him to repeat those attacking stats he got last year. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for, for me on the Eels. Not not too interested. All right. So we move to Manly, guys. And um, 
uh, that's you, Laurie. So. Yeah. Okay. okay. Onto the front row. Uh, no big surprises. Uh, the first one is Martin Tapao. Um, he's at 510k. Um, last three seasons, he's averaged at the same. In 2019, he averaged 61.5. Last On 2020, 59.9. And last year, 58.2. So they're all reasonably all at the same. So what you pay is what you get with Martin Tapao, but I believe it's his. This could be his last season in NRL. Like I'm hearing that he may go to Super League in 2023. So he might he might be out for a big year if he gets those big minutes again. Um, the, other, the other prop I've got is Pasika. Uh, he's at 382. He averaged 43.6 last year. Bit bit down on his 2020 average of 47.5. Um, hooker Lachlan Crocker. Um, he had his Best year so far. Um, he, he was 2019 and average 21, and it was injured. I think he was injured most of the season. Then 2020, I think he got injured again a bit. He was 27.4, and last year averaged 46.4, so which is a big jump in, in his average. Um, so yeah, I think he pays around the 60 minutes, I believe, something like that. Uh, bench, I think you know Dylan Walker will be one. Um, he'll, he'll come on and play his role as he did last year. Uh, he's at 389k. He averaged 44.4 last year, so not really super coat relevant. Um, who's the one I got? They get the Baluma. Is it Baluma? They come to the Broncos. They come down. Well, yep. I, 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 yeah, I, I really like him. I think he's come down to Manly for bigger minutes. He wasn't getting those minutes up at the Broncos. Um, he's a very strong ball runner. And I, I, I think he'll get increased game time this year. It's just a matter of how much, how many minutes he'll get. Uh, Kepi, he's, he's 52K. Uh, he averaged 40.2 last year. I think he'll be in a... I think Kane Lawton. Yeah. He, yeah, he, actually, he's second, no, he's second row hooker. So he, he might he might come on. But saying that as an injury now to one of the back rowers, we all know about, Shushta, yeah. so that might change. He might gain back row now. So, but yeah, want to keep on. Um, and as Davey... Oh, no, he's a back row too. Alloy, Josh Alloy, he's suspended now, I think, to round four. I think, really, Josh yeah, round four. Yeah, so he's not available. So they're the only ones that are super coach relevant. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think I'll be starting any of them, to be honest. No. Except maybe that, that Bullamore, Bullamore, maybe, depending on his minutes. He's like, he's only, he's only 280k, and he, I think he's dual too. I think he's second row, front row, so he could come in handy. It's a shame with the um, Manly, you know, they've got that Tainu, was it? Um, incredible player in the middle there. Yeah. Shame that they've had to run with Lachlan uh, Croker because I think Manly could have even gone on to win the Premiership if they had a number nine that was a little bit better um, in that position. Look, the only one that I like from there, and I'm not going to start, though, is Martin Depau. We all know what we get from Marty. He's a workhorse, yeah. rough loads. And uh, and I suspect that he'll probably play bigger minutes through that rotation now. Schuster's gone down because I think Lawton will move into that second row position, which... Mm could see Marty with an extra, you know, five or 10 minutes. It was interesting when they had Aiden Fanua, Blake and Marty because uh, they had this pattern of where one week one would play stay on and the other one went off and he'd play bigger minutes that week and then uh, and then the next week it'd be Aiden Fanua, Blake. So it'd be interesting to see if they do that with Postsecker and um, mm. Martin. Uh, sorry, to power, Marty's power, big Marty. So um, what about you, Chris? Anyone from Manly that you'd be starting in your starting side from nine or front row, mate? Yeah, it's, uh, with that injury to Josh Schuster, uh, it's looking like it's a sort of battle between Carl Lawton and um, Andrew Davies for that spot. 
But if Carl Lawton does end up getting at 80 on an edge, he uh, he put up some pretty good numbers last year. So um, look out for him. Yeah, and he's available through the front row, isn't he? No, no, it's just no, a hooker not. a second row. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, hooker right. a second row. I, I didn't know much about Bullamore. I'm, it's a Queensland. It's about all I knew. <laughs> no, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about Lawton. Oh, Lawton. I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. Um, Gan, anyone from Manly that you like in the front row or no, mate? Yeah, um, I really uh, do. Uh, after watching Lawton last year, uh, I thought he played really well. He, um, when he came off the bench, he actually um, his attack was really good. It looked really good. I kind of sparked him a little bit more. Um, I, I'm really hoping that Bullimore gets that spot. Like you said earlier, that uh, he's gone down there for extra minutes. Um, I think that with Schuster gone, I think Bullimore might get that. Um, and I really like what I see and our aspect of that guy. He's actually a pretty great, pretty good-looking footy player. Um, and I, yeah, if he, I, I think I told Tim last week. I said that uh, I wouldn't be starting with Bullimore. I think everyone's crazy for it. But um, yeah, now that that's good news. Oh, not not good news, unfortunately for Schuster. But there might be some minutes there for him now, which I means it might help me bring down a cheapie and actually bolster up my halfback, which would be great. It's interesting how one player's misfortune becomes another's fortune in rugby league, isn't it? As you said before, none of us want to see injuries in rugby league, but sometimes when they do, they can really open up the door. Um, you know, another cheapie comes in, another cheapie gets a chance, and all they need is to play three or four of them games in a row, and if they do well enough, they can maybe hold that position. You know what I mean? Uh, Broad, anyone from there, uh, Manly, lately starting in the front row of the mind position? Uh, we... I'll be definitely watching their trials with some interest um, to see some rotations, but at the moment I haven't met anyone, but definitely some could creep in. So we'll see what happens. All right, we're going to move on to the Storm. So I'll do this in two parts because the Storm does have a bit to talk about, um, in my opinion. Uh, not so much through the front row, but obviously the two important ones are the nines, and uh, which is uh, Brandon Smith and... Um, James Grant. I don't, I don't think we need to go into depth too much in with their stats. I'll put them up on the page. Well, I will say that he, he averaged 73.5 uh, Grant last season from 13 games with a PPN of 125, which is really good um, from averaging of 59 minutes. And interestingly, his two biggest scores he got last season was 103 and 105 versus the Sharks. So he, he likes those sort of sides that defend well in the middle. Um his stats are quite phenomenal, you know, with uh, 6.5 points in tries, 9.2 in try assists, 27.4 in tackles, 4.9 tackle bust, 8.5 in line breaks, um, 10.5 in hit-ups. So um, what I'm hoping with um, Grant, and we'll, we'll go around the room on Grant because he's a huge one, is I'm hoping that he starts um, round two on the field playing 80 um, we need to discuss, I guess, whether or not. So I'll talk about Brandon quickly too, so we can talk about both as we go around the room, which is Brandon Smith uh, uh, and Grant and Munster are both not playing round one. So a lot of players are looking at starting one or the other or even maybe two of those on their bench and then starting like a Randall on the field. So the other one is Brandon Smith, who actually will play, who last season played the nine position. He averaged 68 um, and he's... I don't know, I haven't written down his minutes for some reason, but he's priced at 596 and his average, sorry, he played 60 minutes last season with a point PM of 113, 1.13. So they've both got incredible stats. They're in the ceiling side. Um, what's interesting is like last season, Brandon Smith started, then Grant came on. 
I think this season that Grant's going to start at nine and Brandon Smith's going to start at, um, at lock and rotate with Nass. Um, so I own Grant at the moment. I don't have Smith. I'll, I'll go around the room and get some feedback, Laurie. Grant or Smith in your starting side, mate? No, not the moment. Um, but saying that, I haven't decided because there's two ways you look at it. Like you can start with Grant, have him on your on your on your bench, and start and you just go with Randall, and go and if you can score pretty well round one, you get away with it. Then you get that, you set that trade next round, so you're in a good position. And then there's the other way to look at it. You want to leave that many cash on on the, on the bench for round one and look for more and have to get more points. So yeah, I'm, I'm still divided on that. Which way to go with that? Um, there's a bit of value each way on that. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah I'm 50-50 to start with Grant or bring him in once I know exactly what his role is going to be in round two and burn the trade then. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm on the on the sideline with that one yet. Yeah, and at his price point at 644, you can go yeah. down to someone like a Reed Mahoney or a Cook and you actually get a fair yeah. bit of coin back into your side. So, yeah. you know, I've been looking, there's been many times where I've robbed to pay, you know, in different positions and Grant's the one that I do it from back and forth. But he just has such an upside for me in a ceiling side that I just keep going back to Grant. Um, I preferred, I'd love it if I had Smith, Grant and Munster personally, but that's just me, but I'm only, I've only got the one at the moment. What about you, Brod? Any of those three in your starting side at the moment or in your team? Uh, not my team at the moment, uh, but again, uh, Grant's been in and out. Um, probably the most with Mahoney. Um, so, look, I'll probably start with Grant, to be honest, um, and play him from the bench. Um, just have that Queenslander feel to my team. So, but... Um, yeah, and then cheese, cheese isn't there yet, but we'll see what happens. So, but yeah, definitely great. And um, what about you, Danny? De Grant or Smith in your starting side? Uh, I'm not as uh, hopeful on Smith as a lot of people are. Uh, I'm definitely on to Grant. I literally just did a live trade and just moved behind to Grant. Um, I after what Brod said earlier, he, it might be a struggle to get any 80 minute hookers this year. So. What the best? My I just thought in my head just then. I the best policy is why don't you just go to to the guy that didn't play eighty last year and still got the best average? You know what I mean? So I and if he gets eighty, even better. So I think I'm I'm hooked and starting with you. I think we're blessed also having someone like Randall, who's yeah. a base stat um, hooker, who will probably rack up about forty five tackles, give us a safe enough score. I think we're very lucky. So I think it's almost like I don't want to say obvious, but I think it's an obvious choice now that I've. I think I've seen the light. Yeah, I've definitely got Randall in my side and the other one's Grant. But the one I keep switching back and forth with is Cook. But there was rumours today, but we'll get to Cook as well. Um, so what about you, Chris? You're starting either Grant or Smith in your side? Yeah, I'm kind of toying between Grant and Cook. I'm not too, too sure where to go because I think Cook can go quite big against the Broncos in the in round one. So do I go with that and get a good start? I, I think I might be... Uh, sort of leaning towards Cook. And I'm not convinced by all the hype that Grant is going to be that guy that comes in and plays like 70 to 80 minutes this year. Because to be perfectly honest, the Storm, they had an incredible run of wins, probably the biggest in, in the history. And literally, they used that system where it was Brandon Smith starting, Grant coming off the bench. And that was their bread and butter. So I don't see why they're going to go away from that. I know they, you know, they lost a few forwards, but um, you know, it's it it doesn't it's not as clear cut to me as it is 
to everyone else. I'm not sure if I'm the only one, but um, yeah, I think there could be some some issues there. But you know, Grant seems to score well whether he's playing 60 minutes or 45. So you know, the the answer to that question for me is into to my thinking is that you've lost Fanuka and you've lost Kamakamika. There's still questions around Nass. So that's a lot of um, experience out of your middle. And then you've got Jesse Bromwich, who's tiring. You've got two 80-minute edges with Kafusi and um, Kbrom. Um, so I do see big minutes from uh, Grant. Not so much Brandon Smith. I still think he'll play 60 to 65 minutes. Um, and I think he'll move through that rotation in the 13. That the trials might answer some of those questions for us. And, um, you know, I, I do think points per dollar that Grant isn't right. I mean, I keep looking at it and thinking points per dollar, Cook and Reed offer better value on a money scale, but it just looks so pretty in my side. And sometimes there's just players that you really like, and he's one that I warm to. Well, look, you can definitely cover him with Randall. So, you know, you can't yeah. go wrong if you wanted to take a punt on him. So. Everyone else is. Why not? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Randall was the one that made that possible. Actually, that Randall coming in was the one that made it possible to up my player to um, him, which is good. So I'll go through the forward. So we know that Jesse Bromwich and, and Welsh will start through the front row. I, I like Welsh, and he's another one I think that you could watch with interest. His minutes, I think, will also increase this year. He's a workhorse. He offloads. He's a tackle bot. And um, I don't know if I'd start with him, but I, I'd be interested to watch what role he plays. And um, the other forwards, that there's Eisenhower, um, Wishard, and I believe the one out, which is in, oh, Maroa, Tepo Maroa and Nace, uh, Nelson Ellis, however you say his name. So Nass has got his vaccination, is that correct? I think he's got his vaccination. <coughs> and um, so he will be playing. So that might hurt Tepo Maroa, who may start at lock in the first game. But then, you know, what role he plays from there. So um, I'll go to you, Brad. Any of those forwards, including Moroa, you're interested in in your side? Yeah, Tepai Moroa is on my bench at the moment. Um, not sold him, but obviously just there to lock down a, a cheeky place. Um, we'll see with the drafts. I'm sorry, the trials. Um, but yeah, Tepai Moroa is probably the only one that I'm looking at just at that cheeky range. So. I've seen a lot of sides online that have Howarth as well. And I mean, Howarth is a good player, but I don't see it. I don't see where he fits into the equation, but um, it'll be interesting to see team left Tuesday. Dan, any of the, um, you got Marara on your side or any other forwards from Storm? Yeah, well, I got uh, Tapuai Marara on my side. Um, I know you mentioned before, but he might start at lock at the start, obviously the first game. Um, and his minutes will definitely be a bit more because even though Nas is there, you're still going to have, um, like, yeah, Kamakamika's out. Um, so I still think there's, there's more minutes there available. He's going to be a very slight burn, it's obvious. He's only there. If, if, it, was, if it was an ideal world, we wouldn't have him because we wouldn't need him. Um, the other one, with oh, you mentioned uh, Howarth. Um, so obviously this young gun, they've actually uh, paid a lot of money for this guy. Melbourne don't do that. They don't do that at all. So I'm hearing a few words um, from a uh, few sources that, they might start blooding him in the season, not at the start, but around the centres, potentially, to give him a bit of a run, um, just to get some, a taste of NRL. It's, you know what Melbourne are like. They'll have to blood him and give him a few extra minutes to just get him ready. They don't just go, you know, give, give the guy the ball and just say, now do it. They've got to prepare everyone. So I think um, a lot of people like to start with enough. I won't be this year. 
Um, and but if I was, he'd be starting with enough that's going to get a run later on in the year, and he might be one of them. Yeah, I heard they signed into a five-year contract or something, and on one point two million. So, and as you, it's right. The Storm don't start players. Um, they don't just throw them in the deep end. They kind of get them used to their systems and slowly flood them yeah. from the bench. So, um, but yeah, how you know the fact that the Storm are showing that interest says enough, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Um, so I, as I said, I don't see much from the Storm. So the next side that we have in line, I'm sorry, guys, is um the Rabbits. Laurie, your side, mate. Yeah, so Molly Rabbitohs. Um, I have in there is Gyro. Um, he's dual, front row and second row, which is very handy. Um, he averaged last year 52.2, which is a little bit down on his, what he's done the year before. But like, nearly all those scores are off the bench. So he's still, that's pretty good for a bench player. And he's starting maybe 80 minutes. Uh, there's a lot like about him. I've noticed his ownership has increased week by week the last few weeks. Hooker, obviously, he's Damien Cook. He's 575k. His average was down last year, 65.7. Um, I, I also believe, like many, that he's that'll increase this year. I think um, Jason Dimitri plays own game a bit more now, a bit more running game. So we should see more of those um, attacking stats come back a bit. A lot of them stats, those points from last year were base, not so much attacking. So I think we'll see a better cook this year um, and more senior role too. Um, now Reynolds is gone. And uh, for young bloke who keep an eye out for the team is David. Davey Maoli is a young local junior. The club have massive wraps on him. He's only 205k, and uh, yeah, he's one to watch out for this year. His, his minutes will increase, and the coach, yeah, the coach has already said that recently as well. Okay, so for me, there's only two players in there that are super coach relevant that are in the front row and hook uh, hooker position. I think that obviously um, Jairo, even though he's playing at second row, we can talk about him at front row because he's available in that position. Mm-hmm. And because we're talking about a super coach, and um, I actually have Dry Arrow at the moment, but he'd need to start on that left edge for me at the Bunnies. Um, I think he's ideal because he's dual. He can play second row and front row, yeah. and he's around the 400K or just over mark. So he can make money as well. An 80-minute player on an edge playing in a front row, what more can you ask? It could be last year's mm-hmm. iPad. So I really like that one. Cook, there's some rumours around that Havili will come off the bench for him or TAFE and take some minutes. I don't know how true that is. I hope it's not, but I definitely like Cook. Um, with, with Walker out of the... Uh, sorry, with A-Ray out of the side, I think that it changes him from a delivery man to more of a running player. So I hope that you're right on that. Cook's the one that I'm struggling not to have. It's between Cook and Grant of the two that I keep coming down. So I'll go to you, Dan. Uh, anyone in that bunny side you like, including Cook and um, Arrow? Yeah, I like the same as you. I keep rotating between the top three hookers. So Cook's been there. Cook was there pretty much the whole season until about the last two weeks. And I've been changing it again. But um, one thing that I am a bit wary of is um, I know I know uh, Bennett. Everyone knows Bennett's a bit of a coach, a bit of a coach killer. And Dimitrios has been under him for a very long time. Yeah. I'm not sure whether he's going to go the same kind of mould as Bennett, and that's why I'm a bit nervous about that Cook news. Uh, I think they're potentially. They, uh, it might be just rumours, but I don't. I wouldn't put it past a, um, Bennett's apprentice as um, to do that to us, which would be a bit hurtful. But yeah, I, I love. Uh, I do love Jai Arrow. Um, I got him in my team at the moment. I actually had uh, another player there. He's in my second row at the moment on the bench because I've got a couple other big ones there. But yeah, I definitely love Jai Arrow. We know we know what he can do with the Titans. We do, he did pretty well with the Titans there, and if he gets some more minutes, he's a worker. Even last year, he showed some glimpses of great. His old old star kind of 
just rough and tumble football. And it was always bloody good to see. So, um, except when I was playing the Panthers. But really, really enjoy what a kind of game he brings. I'm just hoping he can bring that kind of Titan-style football back to um, Rabbitohs. Yeah, I like them both, mate. What about you, Brod? You interested in anyone in the hooker position or front row position for your super coach side? Yeah, this arrow, um, obviously, uh, it, all, it all comes down to that trial to see where they put these players. Yeah. Um, I haven't had to cook in any, any of my teams. I just I didn't like what I saw last year. Um, and then, obviously, a, a change of coach, um, I think, is a big thing. Um so uh, I want to see those trials to see what what kind of football they do play, where these players do do come into it. So, and uh, Chris, last me a couple of weeks. Oh, sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. After we see them trials, I think it'll answer a lot more questions. What about you, Chris? Anything in the um, bunnies you like in the front row or hooker position for your super coach side? Yeah, I've currently got um, Joy Arrow in the front row, um, along with Damian Cook at hooker. Um, I heard I heard that rumor, but that rumor came from the the rugby league guru on the um, bloke in a bar podcast. So I wouldn't put too much uh, faith in that. Um, Damien Cook's been playing close to eighty minutes for almost you know three or four years now, so I don't see that changing, especially with the um, added responsibility he'll have this uh, this season without Adam Reynolds. So uh, yeah, I'm still gonna I'm gonna play him. I think he's gonna score well. I think he's gonna have more responsibility. He'll have, definitely have to run more to create more things for them because uh, the new halfback is gonna be under the pump. So yeah, big season for him, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think with A Ray out, you know, you got those five players: Jai Arrow, Murray, uh, Cook, um, Latrell Mitchell, and Walker. That's pretty much their senior team. Um, so I expect Cook. Well, I am expecting Cook to play eighty up until I heard that news. And, um, and if he does, I, I think that Cook's the other one that I, I really would look at. Um, so I'll move on now to the Warriors, Dan. Yeah, a little bit to talk about here. Not too much, but um, at Hooker, we've got, um, we'll start with Egan. Uh, he's at 429, 200. Uh, when he was at the Panthers, a young little gun there. I really liked him. Um, but he seemed to have lost that little out of dummy, out of, out of dummy half. Um, I feel as though, yeah, he used to be that really quick guy, dummy half, and I think he's lost at the worries. So um, I'll be staying away. I, don't, I won't even touch him for draft. I think he's uh, irrelevant. Um, over at the on the bench, we've got Tavanga, um, who I, I love that guy. I think he's a freaking is a really great player, and it's just unfortunate he keeps getting put on the bench. I reckon he could play eighty minutes at lock and bloody make eighty tackles, which he already has proven in the past. So um, it's just a bit of unfortunate there. Um, in the front row, I got AFB. At uh, 505,000, which I think is actually a pretty good price yeah. uh, for AFB. We know what he can do. He can get a couple of hundreds. He has, he has that TPJ style where he can uh, have that pretty solid base, but actually had some good uh, attack as well. So I like, I actually like uh, AFB. Um, and in round one, they're probably going to start with Bunty Afoa on the um, bench there. Oh, sorry, on the, on the field there while Lodge is suspended for round one. So if anyone does see Bunty there at 321, don't start licking your lips because it's just not going to be very long. Lodge has got that. And Lodge is at 498, 300, which I also actually really like that price. Um, Lodge is just that yeah, meat and potatoes kind of player. He'll just plot along, make some meters. And every now and then he'll get that offload out and actually give you some extra points. So I'm not starting with any of them. I think there's too much uh, risk there. A lot of good forwards at the, um, at the Warriors. There's actually one I reckon um, I like the look of, and that's young Penne. 
He's at 287. Um, I think he's actually playing in the Maori All-Stars as well. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure. I think we have, and we've actually seen bits and pieces of him. He's actually a pretty good little player. My, my fear is that um, Bunty goes to the bench when Lodge comes back and Penne may drop off. So that's the only fear that I have, unless Bunty drops out altogether. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to probably avoid Penne for now, but I definitely keep an eye on him. A lot of our teams out there actually have him there all year long. Um, and, and, I, and I like to agree with that, but I'm just not too hopeful just yet. Yeah, I think the only one that's really super coach relevant was Aiden Fanua Blake. At his price point, he's definitely one I like. I just think that there's better value at the moment when talking about players like Tavita Pango Jr., Haas, and Arrow and uh, Stefano. So um, I'll move on. Unless I'll just quickly go around the room and ask the boys. Uh, Brian, anyone from the Warriors? Uh, Aiden Fanua Blake I've looked at. Um, but like you said, there's other four probably in front of him. Um, so unless you know, unless I need to save some money and downgrade Haas for a little bit, then uh... yeah. Um, Chris, I actually um, disagree with that starting lineup. I think that um, I think that uh, Penne will actually start with AFB. I think Bunty's really an impact guy. I don't think he's going to be starting anytime soon. And I think uh, they've actually paid quite a bit of money for Penne, so I think he he may in fact be up front starting with AFB for when uh, you know mid, midway through the season at some point because he is a very good player. Um, with AFB, actually, I think he's an elite player. He's he's seriously underpriced. I think he's a he's a potential seventy average player. And and last year when he when he came back off of that injury, he was. He was he was rolling out seventies just for fun. So like he he gets a lot of good base stats and he has he has that attack in him as well and he can score a try. So um and with SJ there, um yeah, don't don't sleep on him. He'll be a very good player. He's currently in my side. So um yeah, looking yeah, forward to Aiden. it. I had Aiden Fanua Blake last season and I wasn't unhappy with him apart from the time he went out with the injury and stuff or whatever it was he went out for. And uh, what about you, Laurie? Anyone from the Warriors that you're starting in your Supercoach side in the front row or hooker position? Yeah, there's no one from the Warriors in my team currently. Um, it's not about, as everybody else says, you know, Phil Blake, he was in my team last year too, Glenn. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a great he's a great player. But at 505k, I, I see more value in like Arrow and Savano, like you can see a bit of coin there too. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to to be to feeling a pink like Junior, like he's like he's he paid more for him, but it is dual as well. So, so mm-hmm. yeah. But not, not saying we won't be in my team at all next year. It might be a time where I get injuries or after might bring him in. Yeah, at this stage, pending trials, he's not in my team for round one. Yeah, it'd be one I'd be looking at for the um, buy round possibly, but I don't think it's one yeah. um, based on points per dollar and revenue where we're trying to make money early yeah. um, that he makes a spot. So we'll move out away from the Warriors and we'll move on to the last side, which is the Penrith Panthers. And um, so obviously Apu Carousel is their number nine and Mitch Kenny will come through the bench. I actually don't mind Apu Carousel as a player. I've owned him. I owned him the year before last in Supercoach, but that was based more on price. Um, I think he's priced at the moment at his value, which means I don't think there's much point, uh, money to be made from him. Um, which is four seventy nine five hundred. You could argue he's five fifty player. You know, so maybe there's seventy eighty ninety k that could be made from him. He averaged sixty eight minutes last season with a point PM of zero uh, point eight. 
Um, so it's 39 tackles, usually a game, and he, as I said, average 68 minutes. He's currently in 1% or is it 7% of Supercoach side. So there are people looking at him. My, the other thing about Coruscant is he, he doesn't mind an injury. You know, he, he goes down quite often and I, I don't, you know, trades are valuable or gold in Supercoach and you don't want to be in and outing players, quite, especially early when you're trying to build. There's nothing more frustrating when you have a set plan to build early in Supercoach and suddenly you're replacing players. Because what it does is it takes away from what you want to do because you're, you're forced to do what you don't, you know, other trades. Um, in the front row position, so there's obviously... Um, uh, so the other one was Mitch Kenny in a hooker role. The only three that I would even talk about would be James Fisher-Harris, who has lost his dual player status. And so that, for for me, makes him less enticing. He plays 60 minutes, 62 minutes through the front row. And um, from 22 games last year, he averaged 62, as I said, yeah. He's um, averaging only 53 minutes, but his PPM's 1.18. So if he was to get more minutes on the field, then James Fisher-Harris would be interesting. Again, one I might look at through the buy period. The other two are Leota and Linu. Um, I, again, I think Leota will start, but he's priced at his point and Linu doesn't get enough minutes to really be worthy. The bench, you're looking at players like Eisenhelf, Linu. Um, I didn't really sort of make up their bench, to be fair. They, oh, they had um, May last season playing. So they, they play with a second rower, uh, centre wing and then two forwards. So that that says to me, if they do that again, that James Fisher-Harris again may be worth at least looking at. Um, but for me, I don't see anything super coach relevant that I want to start with in the front row or hooker position. Rod? No. Um, I'm not on any of the Panthers uh, forwards um, at the moment. It's more their back line that I like. So I'll talk more about the, the players I like um, in the coming episodes, so. Nice. Dan, anyone in nine or the uh, front row position you're looking at from the Pampers, bro? Uh, not really. The only thing I'll make a point of is um, the, the bench that I've got um, actually has, what, Kenny? Yeah. It has um, Spencer Lanyu, uh, Sorensen, and Tylan May. And this yeah. is what I'm hearing everywhere. They're, they're going to have a hooker and a centre. Yeah. on the bench, which tells me that there actually might be an increase in minutes because those forwards do have big motors. Um, I, I'm not sure how much I'm actually believing this, but they did do it when Crichton was the up-and-comer. They did start with Crichton on the bench as well as the utility. So, I, yeah, I'd definitely watch out for those minutes. I reckon there might be an increase in minutes for the forwards. I don't think it matters with Leota, um, but it might actually help with uh, James Fisher-Harris. So, yeah. definitely watch... Yeah, and even Spencer Lino, if he was to get more minutes, his PPM and his work rate's incredible. He just doesn't get the minutes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they, they did actually end the season playing that last year. And uh, the rumours are either Targo or Tylo May gets that bench spot, which, it, just for the record, we'll get to that when we cover centre wings. But don't touch either if, they, if they're in that position because, you know, the last thing you want is a centre winger on your bench playing 15 minutes in a, in a team. Um, so that's the end of all the actual... Um, Front rowers and hookers, guys. Um, I'll discuss with our pod how we'll go about it in future. I think it might even be better if we just go through and discuss the actual super coach relevant players per position. We'll, we'll discuss that as a pod. But before we end, I've got a couple of questions from some of our viewers. So I'll ask that quickly. So the first question I've got is from Cole Bennett. And he said, guys, 
um, I'm thinking about starting with Ballantyne Homes as a pod. What do you think? I'll go to you first, Dan. What do you think of Holmes? Well, he's got some talent. Um, if he's in the centre, I'm definitely staying away. No, I, he's, I don't think he gets that. Um, he, he's a, one of the best wingers in the game on his day. He'll finish a lot of tries. I, I just don't. I think there's way more options out there at similar or cheaper price points that will outscore him. So the whole point of a pod is to have that point of difference and score more points for you. Mm-hmm. I don't see him being that guy. No, I agree. His relevance to me is if he was goal-kicking at fullback, if he gets that centre-wing position in Supercoach and he was to start at fullback, but it won't be for though. And uh, But if he gets goal-kicking by any chance, then he would become more relevant. But he's definitely a no for me also. What about you, Brod, uh, Holmes? First off, Glenn, uh, the Cowboys have to score tries for him to kick goals, don't they? <laughs> so, um, no, nah, it's a definite... Never looked at him... Um, I'll pick him up in the draft if he's, you know, round 10 or 11, but that'd be it. Yeah, he's definitely a draft option. What about you, Laurie? Would you touch uh, Holmes in your starting side? No, definitely not. Not, not a, you know, just looking at his prices then, 559K. Um, but if he was playing fullback, completely different. But, yeah, I think he'll lose money. I think he'll just leave cash out away. Um, I hope I'm wrong for Cowboys fans. I hope he does do well, but I just see him dropping in price. Yeah, you really want to look at backs in ceiling clubs too, you know, like clubs like that that aren't ceiling clubs, they just poison. You know, you might get one or two games here and there um, on matchup, yeah. but overall they, they'll just hurt you. And Chris, would you touch Valentine Holmes in your starting side, bro? No, I wouldn't go near any of the guys in that in a team that's going to come last. You've just got to uh, – I think he's around – was he around 550K or something? So you could probably – you could take a punt on a guy like Daniel Tupo. <laughs> Um, you could take a punt on a Tessie New, who's a fullback. Um, so there's plenty of guys around that price range that you could take a punt on. I would definitely go nowhere near Holmes this season. Yeah, when we cover centre wings, there are actually some interesting pods out there. And like Tessie New, you touched on Sloan. There's a couple out there um, at better price points insides that I think can score points. Although I just touched on the Broncos and Dragons, so I'm sorry, but. You know, I do see points in the Broncos, not so much the Dragons. So there's one more question from our viewers, and it's Fred Corbett, Corbett, sorry. And he said, thoughts on starting Grant Munster on the pine? And um, he said, I know it makes my side look dubious, um, and especially in the centre wing position, but round two, my side looks really strong. Would you start with Grant and Munster on the pine? Uh, Brad? Oh, it's an option that I'm looking at. Um... Definitely, you know, that, that spine of Melbourne um, is huge. And if you want to take a week, um, a week's points that you're going to miss out on 50 or 60, then, then you easily could. Um, yeah. And that's so. a valid point for me, Brad. I, I, arguably the best spine in the competition at the moment would be that Hughes, Munster, Pappenhausen and Grant. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a strategy I looked at myself. Um, was mine was going to be Munster and Grant. Um, what about you, Dan? Is it something that you've entertained or would do? Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll go with two points. So if you're a head-to-head player, it is the obvious choice because you're going to have the head start on everyone with extra trades and you don't even start playing any opponents yep. until I think it's round three. I think it's, oh, has it changed this year? Is it round two now? Was it moving forward? But either way, um, and the other thing I like is, um, for example, we've got a lot of uh, dual halves in your team, like we mentioned before with having Grant on the bench, 
and because you, you got Randall you can utilize. For example, if you had, say, an Ilias, um, you've also got Hastings. So you could potentially start, I, I actually like Hastings. So you could potentially start Hastings over Munster, have Ilias at halfback, and then move him back over in round two. And then you're already no trades made. You've got Munster and Grant. I really like the idea. Yeah. All right, Chris. Yeah, I've, I've, I've toyed with doing it myself. Look, yeah, I, I think the the main thing to that you can get out of that is knowing that, um, the, especially those two guys, Ilias and um, and the the halfback over at the at, at the Tiger, the five out of the Tigers, um, that the Tigers are actually playing against a very weakened Storm side. So he could have a field day considering he's got he's got goal kicking. So you could easily slot him in for Munster. Uh, plus you've got you've obviously you've got Randall as well who, who's going to be taking up that backup spot. So you could slide him in, and he's going to be making so many tackles this year because they're going to be so bad. So you know. Sorry, a couple of points. Sorry, Chris. No, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, so a couple of points I'd like to point out on that. Firstly, um. If you're a head-to-head player, as Ray pointed out, I think that's a good strategy. I think you have an overall player. There's money to be made in the 5-8 spot. Um, so it's it's a little different for me as, a, as an overall player. I see money that can be made in two spots in the 5-8 spot, but it's definitely a strategy I looked at. Um, the other thing, I was going to say something else, but then it slipped my mind. Um, but So I guess that'll do. Um, all right, guys. Um, that'll do it for us tonight, eh? Um, I just, want, there, I just want to call out some Coach Championship rings, which are oh. uh, throwing out another ring, as you can see with Dan. Um, so they're throwing a ring again this year um, with the $100 head-to-head uh, for price for our overall, which I think Glenn has our number for. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, uh, for our overall, sorry, guys. Yeah, I do have it written down here. Excuse me for a second while I find it now. I actually forgot to write oh, that. Uh, so well, while you're looking for that, can I just do a quick shout out? Uh, yeah. while, while you're looking for that, can I just do a quick shout out? Because yeah. um, the, the this gentleman's been involved in SC uh, Supercoach for since the beginning, and he, he runs NRL uh, NRL Supercoachstats.com. It's a yeah. it's a free service. You can get stats on anything, anyone, and he does it for nothing out of the goodness of his heart. So um, yeah, just. Uh, if you go by that website, they've got a little uh, donation tab. So feel free to throw in some money because uh, he has been just putting out an amazing resource for a long, long amount of time. So, so what I was going to finish on was I actually was going to cover the shout outs and NRL stats was one that I was going to mention. Just before I do do the shout outs, um, two things. One is Broad runs the cash comp. So if you're into cash comps and you want to have a crack, uh, contact Broad on our Facebook page. Secondly is... Um, Dan, can you just quickly tell them about the platforms that we'll have this on in future? Yeah, so I um, started uploading this to um, YouTube. So uh, this will be uploaded tonight on YouTube. Uh, if you don't want to see our ugly faces, feel free to jump on the Spotify. It'll be uploaded, ready to go tomorrow. Um, make sure you jump on there and follow us on Spotify and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, guys. Hit the notification button. That way you can um, get some updates whenever you post a new video. We'll post every Wednesday, so you'll get to see us more often. Okay, so secondly, I'll just name our, uh, so 922-904, that's our tragic overall comp. If you come first in that, you get $100 free entry into a cash prize next year and win one of those rings. 
And uh, the shout outs I'd like to give to uh, to some of the other groups and pages. So NRL 360, uh, sorry, sorry, Supercoach 360, who do their podcast on Tuesday nights, who uh, I've done a bit of stuff with and writing for, which you'll see coming up. Uh, also Turbo Hammy's Cup, uh, Dual Position Podcast. Um, I'm always terrible at remembering them all. Our Supercoach Playbook and... Um, who else have I left out, guys? Someone else want to throw something out? Super Coach Champions. Yeah, Dual Position Podcast, Champions. Road, who'd you say? And the Draft Boys. And the Draft, oh, yeah, Fig Jam. Mate, a beautiful bunch of blokes, mate. I really enjoyed talking to them. I jumped onto one of their pods and they really covered the draft stuff. So all these guys, we've got a, the community we have out there in Supercoach is fantastic. So get involved. And on our page, you'll see forever. We post everyone's pods, everyone's pages, you know, and, and it's all about, check out what everyone else is doing because everyone has their different perspectives and if you listen to every different person, you, you gave a bit of information here and there and you might grab something that just might be the goal for your side. So good night, guys.